Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have returning guest Diane Bader, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy again. Diane, would you like to reintroduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Absolutely. Um, my name's Diane, and I write cozy mysteries. Uh, currently, I've just released my 13th mystery, actually, called The Conned Lady. And it is the fifth and final book in my Wild Blue Mysteries series. Wow. So um, what is one way you've seen yourself grow as a writer? Oh my goodness, that's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, it's been kind of cool because this particular series actually has been my very first book and right now my latest book. So that itself is kind of cool. Um, Excuse me. Sorry, I'm just getting over COVID. So if my voice comes and goes, that's (laughs) Um, it's been a really cool journey, actually. When I first started with the bookstore lady, which was book one, um, I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just writing books. And here we are, you know, 13 books later, and I've had lots of different hurdles up and down with I had an agent then I didn't have an agent I had a different publisher then I didn't have a different publisher so it's been a very unique kind of journey for sure and I think I've learned a lot to take criticism with a grain of salt and I've learned a ton about editing and helping other writers as well oh wow (laughs) that's that's something I've yet to learn, taking that criticism with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, it's taken me, what, 10 years? So, yeah, <laughs> give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this latest book? It sounds great. It, as I said, it's the final book in my Wild Blue Mystery series. And for anybody who's read any of the series, They all take place in this fictional town called Packham. And it starts off with Katie, who is on the run from mobsters, basically. And she used to work for them. One of her bosses gave her like half a million dollars and said, get out of here, go away, like disappear. And not knowing anything and being a little bit under the influence of some alcohol and other things she took a bus (laughs) and ended up not where she wanted to be but she figured that was the best plan because they would never look for her in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere um she was wrong they found her but uh that was the beginning of the series and fast forward to book five her past has come back to haunt her and in a big way So the kind lady wraps up pretty much any little loose end that has been going on throughout the series. It wraps up Katie's story for sure. And it does leave a little bit of wiggle room at the end. So if I ever decide to come back and revisit the series, I can do that. So that that was kind of the fun part is leaving that little gap that I can still wiggle through and still have a really plausible organic ending. Oh, oh wow. What a story. Yeah. 
And it all started with a dream about a cat. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know when things are going to be, what's going to be inspired by something. Oh, absolutely. For me, it was on Face, not Facebook, Pinterest. And I saw a posting about someone being tired of magic being just a thing for knights and ladies. Right. They wanted a world where you could go to a coffee shop and get a latte with a magical shot of confidence or <laughs> I love a that. psychic hairdresser who knew exactly what kind of hairstyle you wanted. I, I, I like the uh, magic shot of confidence. It's, I think we need one of those coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> That's what inspired um, the, the coffee shop Sparks. Okay. And... Then I just happened to come across a picture of a centaur someone had drawn with green hair and gauged ears. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, she runs the coffee shop. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's one thing. It's so funny because I've got four different series and I think three out of the four, the coffee shop is always a big place that they go. It always seems to be the one place everybody meets up with a likely or potential suspect or or they ran into the victim beforehand. <laughs> you know, it's really funny how that's a big community draw. A, coffee shops and diners have a tendency to become characters in and of themselves. Absolutely. When it comes to cozies. Yeah. Or just the town itself. Like with one of my favorites, the cat who. Oh, you yeah. could say the town of Pickaxe is absolutely its own character. <laughs> absolutely. That was one of the first uh, cozy mystery series that I really read that I oh. just loved it. So me too. She is absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of fun when I started doing the bookstore lady. We have a local coffee shop that I used to go sit and write in. And they have the tin on the ceilings. They have the old, old brick exposed on walls. It's just so much character just in this coffee shop. And as well across town, which in, in my books, they ended up being just up the street from each other. But the bookstore lady, um, when she comes to town, she actually purchases a bookstore. And when I did my my book launch for that book we did it at the bookstore that the bookstore lady is based on so it was really kind of fun and everybody was waiting for the characters to come in and stuff <laughs> but it was really great because the it's an indie bookstore and the woman who's owned it for like 30 plus years was just she thought that was so terrific that her bookstore was kind of the basis for the bookstore lady so Oh, how fun. What you needed was some people to come and cosplay as your characters. Absolutely, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that would have been oh, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> I need to put that as a note for my own book launch. Yes, you do. Have and I people see come and cosplay. <laughs> I want I want to see pictures too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned the past coming back to bite one of your characters in your series I'm going through the same thing with my third book uh Sabia has to face a guy who in her college years got her hooked on love potions Ooh, yeah now he's there 
running a sleazy tabloid that wants to cover her wedding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> hmm. That is interesting. <laughs> well, he doesn't get a chance to. He's found dead probably a few hours later. I, I was just going to say that sounds like a likely victim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was too easy. Come on. <laughs> I don't mind making my victims easy to guess. Yeah. I kind of like having the victim where it's like, you're almost cheering. Yes, finally. Yes, finally. <laughs> That's funny because one of my new books, um, All That Shines, is a book that came out last year. And it is actually my first series that features uh, a transgendered character who I love to pieces. And she will be back because she is fantastic. Um, but it's her former boss who becomes the victim. And Ooh. even the characters in the book are like, oh, thank goodness. So, <laughs> because he's one of those characters you kind of love to hate. So he's just very arrogant and full of himself. And he's harboring a lot of secrets that come up later in the series or in the in the rest of the book. So but that was that was a really fun one because it really took me out of my comfort zone. I mean, I have a lot of transgender friends, so it was great to pick their brains and get some little bit of feedback, but uh, it was just something that was not totally in my wheelhouse and how I reacted. It, basically, the characters reacted the way I reacted when I met somebody that I didn't know at the time was transgender. <laughs> and it was just kind of this, oh, okay, well, if I reacted this way, chances are one of my characters would react the same way. So I was able to put that into the book and go, okay, well, I mean, this person and I are really good friends now. And she is actually the basis for Quinn. She was my inspiration. And she's just, she thought that was so cool because she's got a copy of the book all signed. And she, every time she messages me, she signs her emails, Quinn. So <laughs> So it's a lot of fun. Oh, that does sound like a lot of fun. Oh, it's so like it that just goes back to the inspiration thing. Friends, family, locations, you never know when that's going to happen. No, absolutely not. I know with one of my first books I tried, I wrote, I tried to, I had this friend who was such a goof. And I wanted to incorporate that into a character. Completely failed because somehow my characters come to life with a personality all their own. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, oh, how do you do that when it's someone that you know? But like I said, sometimes our characters have personalities all their own, come to life. And yeah, they're not going to cooperate. But when it happens that you can draw from people you know that can be fun too oh absolutely I I did kind of a, a draw when one of my books came out and uh, I think it was one of my Gilda Wright mysteries and I was working on it at the time and I was trying to solve a little problem in the back of my mind and I thought you know what would be fun is if I put it out to readers people on my Facebook page and I said you know, how would you like to be a character in my next book? And I had a few people that said, oh, that'd be fun, no problem. 
And the lady that won actually is one of my good friends. I'm like, okay, how do I put her in my story without giving too much away as to who she is in real life for various reasons? And how do I keep her from being the bad guy? Because <laughs> I didn't want her to be the bad guy because I still had plans for her. And it turned into, she became kind of this, um, this wise woman who my main character Gilda actually runs, runs into on the beach. Gilda's got this big log that she sits on, a big driftwood log. And that's her thinking log. And this is where she meets Sonia. And the two of them sit and talk a few times and Sonia actually helps her in the end to solve the mystery. And she also meets Mr. Wright, which is really kind of fun because my, my friend is still kind of looking. So she's like, oh, I met a guy in a book. Hey, can you like make him real? <laughs> but it was a lot of fun because even though I used her traits and her as the model for the character, there were things that happened in the book that, you know, aren't her real life. Like we made her life fictional and had fun with it, right? So, so you can start off with the basis of a person that you know, but it doesn't always go the way that, you know, it's not always true to their character. You can have those liberties. Right. And that's just one of the things that makes writing so fun. Absolutely. Oh, um, let's see. Have you ever experimented with like mixing other genres with the cozy world? Like, um, Right now I'm working on one that's kind of a sci-fi cozy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you ever tried that? Because so far, um, so far most of my mysteries are just plain cozies. Uh, um, my wild blue mysteries kind of walk the edge. <laughs> so they're not, <laughs> you know, sometimes there's a little bit of naughty language or sometimes there's a little bit of blood or whatever, but they're still pretty close to being an actual cozy. Um, I have started to experiment a little more with a little bit of darker mystery, as well as some fantasy. So, you know, who knows where that's all going to take me. <laughs> In the meantime, I've got three more mystery series I have to finish. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you on that one. What is it about writers that we end up with like these multiple projects? Oh, constantly. <laughs> constantly I, I right now I've got one I'm editing that I'd like to pitch to an agent or something I haven't decided with that one yet but the other one I'm working on is um book two in my Sugarwood mystery series which comes out next fall and I'm also have a YA fantasy book that I have just sent out to a couple of beta readers so it's <laughs> Oh, and I wrote a play. <laughs> oh, you wrote a play. <laughs> I, did. I did. Well, I work in theater. Well, so my day job is at a theater, which is a lot of fun. And uh, I, I had the opportunity during COVID when we were all in lockdown and we couldn't go anywhere. I had the opportunity to do a virtual workshop with, with a playwright that I've seen his work countless times. And I was really admired for his work. 
And um, <coughs> so I got to do this eight week workshop virtually and I was just like, okay, I can do this. So I wrote the play, I sent it to him and I also sent it to my boss, the artistic director. And they both came back with some great feedback. And I'm like, okay, well, my brain can't take this right now. So I'm going to put it aside for a bit. And I finally finished it <coughs> um, in January, February this year and sent it to both of them. And I got a tiny bit of feedback back. But for the most part, they said, no, this is really good. And I'm waiting for a meeting with the artistic director that we're going to do a script read. So after that, who knows? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but there's always another project, right? So. Oh, yeah. Every time I open my Google Docs, I'm just like, really? All this? <laughs> <laughs> All this in a bag of chips. Yes. I mean, between editing book three, I'm writing book four and five. And I've got like five other cozy ideas in the back of my head. And it's like, okay. Oh, don't get me going on ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, what I've had, what I've had to do is I've got binders sitting on my shelf with potential series. So I've got three different binders right now, each of them <laughs> with like three or four potential book ideas. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I keep going through my computer going, oh, yeah, I wrote this. I need to edit this and see what I'm doing with it. So it it never ends, I swear. Oh, I know. And some days you sit there and go, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But <laughs> other days you're like, yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know that. And oh, it just dawned on me. I had a deadline that is quickly coming up for a new story idea that might not happen this year, I guess. <laughs> oh. Well, I was supposed to get it done by June 19th. The main characters are Black, and it was supposed to be set around a Juneteenth celebration. And, oh, okay. And I was hoping to have the book out then, and now it's like, yeah, I have to write the first draft of that. Well, it's April 1st tomorrow. I think you have time. You just have to get on it. Yeah, and pull a nano right. Right? <laughs> then get it edited, get it <laughs> cleaned up and polished. <laughs> There's between, still time. Come on. Between April, this. May, and June. <laughs> well, April and May. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be like a miracle. <laughs> on a biblical level <laughs> well then i guess you start getting it done and do it for next june yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna have to do yeah <laughs> how many books do you usually write per year oh uh, about one every two years i need to okay. pick up the pace <laughs> <laughs> it's a good pace it's a good pace it is but then I I hear people who are like hey I've gotten my seventh book out this month and it's just like oh 
really? <laughs> I start to think when they're when they're doing seven books in a month, I start to think, how long are your books? <laughs> because I mean, most of my books range from 70,000 to 80,000 words. And I can do two in a year. Sometimes three, it just depends. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, two a year is like, my max but uh yeah when when you start seeing people going well I wrote 25 books in the last two months and I'm like mm, okay <laughs> yeah you're almost you don't like, sleep uh -huh. <laughs> you don't sleep you live on coffee and <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a little extreme but you look at some of them if you go on Amazon and you can see how many pages their books are you know you're talking like 50 page books compared to somebody who writes like 250 to 300 pages right right so it just really depends on what you call a book right oh hello kitty <laughs> okay they don't want to hear you <laughs> yes my sidekick i've got two cats who love to help me edit and they help to keep me in gear uh pets they're yeah. wonderful <laughs> oh some days some days no <laughs> <laughs> i've Cute. got a i've got a red healer who oh who likes to remind me that there is a world outside of the house yes and you need <laughs> to go there regularly exactly yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a big we have a big cloud of white cat hair I am familiar with the hair clouds. Yeah. My healer sheds everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah, I've been really lucky. Like with my writing career, so far I've had the same publisher now for all 13 books. And they have been really fantastic with allowing me to write what I write in we've got some fabulous editors now again <laughs> we've gone through a couple of different changes of uh cover artists and editors but that's the same everywhere oh, so yeah. it's kind of funny i'm looking at the covers of all of my books for this one series and they all the first three are really close to the same but the last two are way different because we had different artists and so it's kind of fun get to see who does who takes it in what direction so okay kitty come on yeah the different cover artists can can be an interesting process i went through it myself i've had one that i hired a friend of a friend she created a beautiful cover i loved it second book came along and she got her dream job Oh. which required her to move to Seattle. Oh, no. So went with, actually turned out to be a really amazing thing because I got picked up by a small publisher shortly afterward. Oh, cool. And then the cover went through like two or three different versions. And, yep. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Now I'm kind of wondering what they'll do with the third book. <laughs> <laughs> I know you always kind of sit there on edge going, oh, what is, what am I going to get? <laughs> yeah. 
when when I was doing uh, my first book for my Gilda Wright Mysteries, and it went through, I'm just looking to find the cover here. It went through three different incarnations. Um, it started off, what was it? I'm just going to grab it here. One second. <clears throat> it started off being called Death of a Jaded Samurai, which I really liked. But that is a cool title. Oh, I loved it. And I love the cover. But the publisher at the time did not feel that it suited her market. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, but it's cool. I really love it. (laughs) And what ended up happening? I had the wrong cover. Um, What ended up happening is they turned the front cover pink and retitled it Hard Headed Brunette. And it was like no longer the same kind of vibe to the book. Yeah. And I just kind of went, okay, well, you know, you're the publisher, you know what's best. And I just kind of went, okay, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe it'll, but it was a hard sell with that particular publisher. And then um, they decided, oh yeah, it's not doing as well as we'd hoped. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you back your rights and you can do whatever you want with it. And that was when I had an agent at the time and my agent said, oh, well, you know, if they're letting it go, then I'm going to release you from that contract and you can just do, you know, self-publish it, do what you want. (laughs) I went to my current publisher and I had been working with them for a few books already. And I said, look, this is the situation. Would you guys be interested in republishing it? She sent me the contract immediately and said, yep, go for it. When do you want them published? So all three of the books that I had with them, uh, we redid the edits. We redid the covers. They all got new titles. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really happy with how it ended up being. I couldn't rename it what I wanted. But, you know, (laughs) but it turned out good. And it's actually one of my more popular series, I guess. So I'm like, oh, well, that's really neat. So I've still got one, maybe two books left in that one that I'm going to write, but uh, haven't quite decided where I'm going with it for the next book. So I have to get on that one soon, too, because that one comes out next year. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got some work to do, but. In the meantime, the one after it is already almost done. So, you know, <laughs> why do things in order? <laughs> oh, I, I 100% hear you on that. I'm, like I said, I've got books four and five in the works. And uh, book five is making more progress than book four. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, well, this is interesting. and then you get to go back to book four and go okay well this happened in book five so now I have to make sure I set it up here yeah yeah (laughs) yeah then you wonder okay how am I going to incorporate or set up an endurance race during my Christmas book (laughs) because you know dress like Santa Claus I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you can make it wearing a pillow stuffed under your top and yeah (laughs) oh that'd be funny (laughs) 
<laughs> oh goodness. Oh, time passes by so quick. I can't believe it's already three thirty or five thirty where you are. <laughs> yep, five thirty here for sure. Looking at the gray sky, it's just lovely. Oh, bummer. We've got a beautiful blue sky here in Colorado. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, one day I'll make it out that way, actually. So one of my kids lives in Denver now, so. Oh, if you're ever in town, look me Absolutely. up. Absolutely. I will let you know. Oh, great. Because I would love to meet one of my authors face-to-face. Oh, for sure, right? That would be <laughs> so cool. I mean, you have tons of people that you've interviewed, and I know you're all over the Facebook stuff, and. I will yeah. send you people that I can come up with. So, <laughs> oh, it would be so much fun to meet face to face. Right. I think we'd have a blast. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I'd so love what to is introduce- it? Whoops. What? I was going to say, what is it like there right now? Like, are you guys able to do in person events and stuff yet? Or, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much everything's open. I mean, you know, people are hesitant and everything, but mask uh, requirements are down in a lot of stores. Now it's Mm -hmm. kind of mask optional, which I'm in favor of. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of where we're at right now, too. So, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting because now we have a lot of in-person things are starting to come back, which is really terrific. We've got... um, one virtual mystery conference coming that I'm on the pa- on one of the mystery panels, the cozy mystery panel for um, Maple Leaf Mystery Conference, and that's at the end of May. And then I know we have a couple in in Toronto in June, kind of back to back. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, oh, <laughs> am I yeah. ready for all this now? <laughs> yeah. I, there's part of me that's looking forward to in-person stuff, but part of me is like, really? I don't know <laughs> Do if I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for it more because my personality is just kind of like, well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> which you wouldn't believe with this podcast but really a lot of the time if I'm in at an in-person event I'm like hi yeah this is my book (laughs) (laughs) and it's that writer thing right yes you know so many of us we use our words in books because we have a hard time speaking it you know putting our ideas forth vocally is intimidating oh definitely I know for me, I think that's how, that's why I started writing my first ones is um, we moved across the country. We moved from Alberta over to Ontario. So I'm in Canada. If you didn't get that yet, um, <laughs> um, we moved across the country and I had a difficult time finding like-minded people. And it took me probably about a year before I found a, a writing group and kind of found my own little clique, right? Right. And now that I'm working in theater, it's all different because I'm kind of the face of the theater. I'm like, (laughs) I'm the first person people talk to. So um, people come in and I have to have that 
that on-air personality. <laughs> and then I come home and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to hang out and maybe I'll talk on a podcast because I don't want to talk to people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yeah, that's all of that energy goes into your books and into your storytelling and, and even standing up and reading them in front of an audience is, can be very intimidating as well. Oh, Definitely. I remember the first time I did a reading in front of an audience and it's just kind of like, okay, look at the audience, but I don't remember where I'm at in the book. I know. <laughs> <laughs> where was I reading from? Where was it going to stop? So I'm like, I, I do find it's so funny because I will, ahead of time, I will go, okay, I'm going to read from here and I flip two or three pages and I'm going to read till here. And I think there's only one time that I've done a reading that I got all the way to the last one. Usually I'm like, okay, they're tired of me now. So I'm going to quit here. So, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear this anymore, but it's great. Cause then they'll come up and buy a book or come up to chat. Um, when we uh, did our very first in-person um, chat at the library, I was the first speaker. Right. And it was a lot of fun and I talked way longer than I should have, but but we had so much fun and people came over and they were asking a billion questions and it was really great. I had an awesome time and sold a bunch of books and people were really happy. So we, we got out, we were in public and it was kind of fun. So <laughs> sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I should probably let you go. It was great Absolutely. talking with you. Yes, you as well. And always fun to chat with you, Leanna. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, thank you for coming on. I wouldn't have a show if authors didn't <laughs> want to talk about their books. <laughs> well, once once I have the uh, the link and stuff for the podcast, then I'm going to put it on my website as well. So people go on there, they can click on you and come and listen to us talk away. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, Snips and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd also like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like Regina and have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can join my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to hear some cozy mysteries read by live actors, check out the cozy mystery rats maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shield saying keep cozy. <laughs>